الحمد لله الحمد لله الذي أنزل قرآنا عربيا وحدانا صراطا سويا والصلاة والسلام على محمد الذي بعث رسول النبي وعلى آله وصحبه الذين سلكوا طريقا مرضيا أما بعد My respected elders, dearest brothers and sisters Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh The question with which I commence is a question which we ask ourselves within ourselves every so often that is there somebody in my life whom I love meaning one whom I truly love an individual that at their every command I would be at their disposal and if they were to make a suggestion I would render it a command an individual who permeates the heart and when one is alone they continuously think about them the question that one asks themselves is have I truly loved someone to the extent that I have given them my all and the reason why I ask this is because when you look at the Prophet and his companions and the discussions that we have been having in recent weeks <coughs> and in the past month have been around the Sahaba radiallahu anhum their Iman their belief their endeavors their belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and their love for him and today I want to discuss with you with yourselves their love for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam See, the Prophet said in a hadith related by Imam Bukhari rahimahullah in his Sahih, Kitabul Iman, La yu'minu ahadukum. Now, none of you truly have belief, true belief. This doesn't mean that you're not a Muslim. This means you don't have true belief. Hatta akuna ahabba ilayhi min walidihi wa walidihi wa nasi ajma'in. He said that none of you truly have belief until I become more beloved to him than his parents, his children, his family members, people in their entirety. And when you look at the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, you find individuals who did exactly that, that they loved the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam beyond anything else, to the extent that during the pact of Hudaybiyah, now this was a pact where the Muslims were marching towards Haram towards Mecca, they had put on the ihram, they weren't in it for a fight. However, the people of Mecca, the pagans, the Quraysh, had taken up arms, they were ready to fight the Muslims. The Prophet said, Listen, that our purpose isn't to start the fight, our purpose isn't war. However, our purpose is only to perform the Umrah. But if they come and they attack us, we will defend ourselves. And the Prophet continued towards Mecca. And on the way, there were people who were envoys from. Uh, the people of Makkah who were trying to create a peace treaty with the Prophet One man from among them, his name was Urwa ibn Mas'ud and he later on becomes a Muslim. Later on he becomes a Sahabi but at this point he is a person from uh, the people of Makkah. He is a pagan, he is a person who doesn't believe in Allah 
And when he meets the Prophet وسلم, he comes across very arrogantly. At times he makes comments about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being lower in rank to his God. At times he is actually trying to touch the beard of the, 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 beard of the Prophet And as soon as he lifts his hand towards the Prophet to touch his beard, a Sahabi, Mughira, immediately bats his hand down. And he says, don't touch the Prophet Immediately so defensive over him. He has a conversation. But during this conversation, Urwa is looking at the behavior of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and how protective they are of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And he returns to his community, he returns to the people of Quraysh. And if you truly want to see, you know, how much the Sahaba radiallahu anhum loved the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, then look at the statement of a non-Muslim who was living during that time. Urwa says, when he returns back to his community, he says, my people, I swear, I have never seen, I have, he says, first he says that I have been in the presence of Caesar and I have been in the, in the uh, presence of the emperor of, of, of Persia, Kisra. I have been in both of their presence and in both of their courts. And he says, by God, I swear that I have never come across a community, a group of people who love their leader as much as the group of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam love their leader Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. By Allah, when He commands them to do something, they all come that they want, to, they, they want to be the ones who fulfill that command. That when He clears His throat, every single one of them are there in order to collect it. If He is there to perform wudu, then there are people who are there trying to collect His wudu. If hair falls from His head, there are those who will collect it and look after it. This was the manner in which the Prophet ﷺ was held by the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. To the extent that Abu Sufyan, when he is torturing Zayd radiallahu anhu, who was a great companion of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he has Zayd in his possession. And Abu Sufyan later on, he becomes Muslim as well. But he is torturing Zayd. And whilst he is torturing Zayd, he asks him a question. A question that perhaps if Zayd answers correctly, then he will be freed from this torture. He says to him that, oh Zayd, would you enjoy it if you were with your family in the comfort of your home, and you were at peace and for the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam to be in your place instead that he is being given the torch and he is being given the pain and you are at the comfort of your own home and you are enjoying yourself Zayd radiallahu anhu replied that I cannot take it if even the thorn pricks the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and you are asking me as to whether I would want to be with my family my friends the love that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum had for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was found because of a verse in the Quran. In Surah Ali Imran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Qul in kuntum Allah. Say to the believers, in kuntum Allah. If you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, fattabi'uni, then follow the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And what is the result of that? You, there's two things. Yuhbibkumullah, the greatest of rewards, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will begin to love you. And He will love you. And He will forgive you of your sins. That just by loving the Messenger of Allah, and the greater the love, then the greater the reward. The more an individual loves the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the more he follows him, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will begin to love that person. And just by following the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, an individual will have his sins forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well. How great is the reward? And you truly see the love that the Sahaba have for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam during the battle of Uhud. 
The Battle of Uhud was a very harrowing experience for many of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. First and foremost, their army, which was 1,000, they were expecting to face an army of approximately 3,000. The army itself is 1,000 now. And after the hypocrites decide to do a last minute ditch attempt, where they say that actually we're not going to be a part of the battle. They are walking with the companions of the Prophet They are walking with the Prophet himself. Yet as they come closer towards the battlefield, they say, let's leave them in a lurch. And 300 from among the hypocrites, the, the munafiqun, they leave the Prophet and return to Medina. Now that army which was already less has become even more or less. It's become 700. From 1,000, it's become 700. And now they have the army of the Quraysh, the army of Mecca, who have been gathering their tribes in order to come back for retribution and revenge for what happened on the day of Badr. And they are coming towards the Muslim camp. Their, their idea was to come to Medina and to destroy it and desecrate it and destroy Islam from its very roots. And the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, 700 of them who have to stand in front of, the, stand in front of these people with the Prophet sallallahu the Prophet وسلم, was an individual who was highly intelligent. He was a tactician, a great tactician. And he knew where to position people for battle. And he said that we will go out of Medina because the entrances to Medina are, are, are closed off and isolated because of the mountains. And we will position ourselves in the mountain region of Uhud in such a way that they will not be able to pass through us or go around us, that they will have to fight us if they are going to try to get into Medina. And he perched 70 people upon a, a small hill, which if you were to go today, you would be able to still see that hill where the 70 archers were, were firing arrows. And their job was that if any, if any of the arms me, the opposing army are trying to outflank the Muslims and come from behind because the way battle works is that if an army are surrounded by the other army then their destruction is, is, is more or less you know completely satisfied if you are taken if you are completely encompassed by another army then it's finished now the people of Quraysh the people of Mecca the 3,000 who had come they had decided that they were going to try and outflank the Muslims but the way the Prophet had placed the archers was such that every time someone would try to come around the archers would fire arrows at them and would prevent them from coming to the Prophet and the army from behind however as the Muslims started winning the battle the people who had stood upon the on the upon that mountaintop upon that hilltop said that we it looks as if we are winning the battle let us also go and join in with them and loot and and take the uh, the, the the spoils of war let's take that with uh, with the rest of the muslims and 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 be a part of the uh, celebration and the joy many from among the sahaba said listen this was a command of the prophet we must stay here others said the battle has been won let us go as soon as they had left khalid bin walid radiallahu anhu was not yet a muslim and perhaps we'll give a talk on him later on in our, uh, in our Jummah khutbas. But he came around. And as a result, there was huge, huge uh, pain which was inflicted upon the Muslims. Now the situation had become such that they were winning the battle. And now they are trying to salvage just a draw. To the extent that rumor has it that the Prophet ﷺ has been killed. And there is commotion breaking out left, right and center. People are questioning, has the Prophet actually passed away? Has he passed away? The Prophet is in a situation where he is thrown into a ditch and they are trying to stone him and pelt him to the extent that the chainmail and the coif which was protecting the head of the Prophet the links in the metal become embedded into the cheeks of the Prophet Abu Bakr and Abu Ubaidah when they see this, they can't take the pain that the Prophet is bleeding. 
So Abu Ubaidah radiallahu anhu immediately runs and to pull out chain made from somebody's cheek is a very difficult task. He bites onto it and he takes it out and he loses one of his teeth. And then he does it on the other side and he loses his other teeth. But he would not have it any other way. To the extent that the Sahaba radiallahu anhu mentioned that when he would smile, he would be known as the envy of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum because it was his blessed teeth that removed the pain from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And when he had the blood which was left in his mouth, now he didn't know. He had the blood of the Prophet وسلم, in his mouth. Does he spit it out? Does he put it on the floor? What does he do? So the Prophet وسلم, gave an indication that that individual whose blood is mixed with my blood will never enter into the fire. And Abu Ubaidah anhu, at that moment he swallowed it. This is how much love they had for the Prophet وسلم. You have Saad anhu, that during this commotion he stands by the Prophet and he was known as Farisul Islam, the first foot soldier of Islam. He was an individual who was extremely proficient with the bow. When he would fire the bow, it would hit its target. And there on that day where people were coming towards the Prophet ﷺ, he stood next to him and began to fire arrows after arrows after arrows. My friend, how long can an individual fire arrows for? Maybe he, throw, maybe he fires 30. Maybe he fires 40 before he needs a break. Maybe he fires 50 before he needs a break. Firing an arrow with precision, holding onto the bow, the strength that one needs in their arm in order to pull it back and then to fire it. How many arrows could an individual throw? On that day, Sa'ad radiallahu anhu fired 1,000 arrows for the, for the sake of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And every time the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam would say, Irmi ya Sa'ad, fidaka abi wa ummi, that fire, O Sa'ad, fire the arrow. May my parents be sacrificed for you. This term, may my parents be sacrificed for you, was a term which the Arabs would say in order to tell a person that you are, you are as dear to me as my parents are. The Prophet ﷺ would never ever join both of his parents, his mother and his father in this sentence. But for Sa'ad radiallahu anhu, he did this. On that day, he, Sa'ad radiallahu anhu, would fire the arrows and he would say, Allahumma zalzil aqadamahum. Oh Allah, shake their footing, shake the footing of the enemy. And every time the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa would say, Allahumma stajib li Sa'ad. Oh Allah, accept the dua of Sa'ad. Oh Allah, accept the dua of Sa'ad. To the extent that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa numerously had said for, for Sa'ad radiallahu anhu, Oh Allah, accept his duas. Sa'ad radiallahu anhu himself mentions after the battle of Uhud that there was never a day after the day of Uhud that I raised my hands and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not accept my dua. My friends, who can forget the pain of Uhud of a lady? According to the narrations of Ibn Majah, her name was Hamna, but the reality is that this happened to multiple women during the battle of Uhud. News is received to her that her brother has died. He has been martyred in battle. She asks, is the Prophet alive? I want to see him. She continues. Another person meets her, says that your father has passed away. He has also been killed. She says, is the Prophet alive? She continues. Another person meets her and says that her husband has been killed and martyred in battle. And she says, is the Prophet, she says, is the Prophet wasallam alive? And she continues into the camp until she sees the Prophet wasallam, And she says that, oh, messenger of Allah, that knowing that you are alive makes me have patience upon the death of my brother, my father, and my husband. That their losses are now trivial now that I know that you are alive. 
my friends, their love for the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam knew no bounds. Inshallah, we will continue during the khutbah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah ma ba'd. My friends, to truly understand how dear the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam was to the Sahaba radiyallahu anhum, understand and have a look and peer into their final meetings with him. And when he had truly left this world, you have the situation of Sawad ibn Ghuzayya radiyallahu anhu. He was a Sahabi who was a warrior who was on the front line. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam during this particular expedition and battle was upon his horse and whilst he was on his horse, he had a stick. He was going through the ranks and he was saying, Isto, Isto, that get in line, get in line, as we do before we commence our prayers. He was ensuring that the army was straight. And when he came to Sawad, he noticed that Sawad was out by a bit. He was a few steps ahead of everybody else. And he pushed Sawad back with his stick. When Sawad saw this and when the companions who were there saw this in this battle, before the battle was about to rage and commence, he says to the Prophet ﷺ that, O oh, Messenger of Allah, you have hurt me by prodding me with this stick. I would like revenge. I want retribution against you. You have hurt me. Those who were there, the Sahaba, are stunned that there is an individual from among them who wants to take retribution and revenge from the Prophet ﷺ. And so the Prophet ﷺ dismounts from his horse and he says, take your revenge. Sawad who says to him that you have afflicted my skin whereas you are covered so lift up your qameez and lift up your armor so that i may take retribution properly and the prophet sallallahu lifts up his armor and it is upon this occasion that sawad radiallahu anhu holds on to the prophet sallallahu and begins to kiss the blessed stomach of the prophet the Prophet says, That what is the matter, Sawad? Why are you doing this? What, what is the case? For what reason are you kissing my stomach? After having asked for retribution, he says, O Messenger of Allah, as you can see, a battle is about to rage and I am on the front line. The chances of me returning from this battle are very, very slim. I wanted my last meeting with you to be with my skin touching your skin. This is the love that they had for the Prophet ﷺ. Who can forget the love of Bilal radiallahu anhu? When the Prophet ﷺ began his final illness, it was an illness which started off with a headache, but this headache turned into a migraine. And the fever with which it came and how quickly the decline of the health of the Prophet ﷺ happened was such that the Sahaba radiallahu anhum could not bear taking it. When they saw that the Prophet ﷺ was ill, when Bilal saw this, he said, Wahuzna that what grief, is, what grief is this? What great grief is this? He says that I wish that my mother had never given me birth so that I had to see this day. He said that I wish Allah had taken me away before I had to see this day. And then, that came, and then came the time that the Prophet ﷺ actually passed away. And this came upon the Sahaba radiallahu anhum with such shock that nobody could withstand what had happened. You had Umar radiallahu anhu who had lost his senses completely. Umar who we had discussed last month who was so firm with his Iman, said that if anybody has said that the Prophet ﷺ has passed away, then here is my sword and sheathed, I will finish him off. I will finish him off. Uthman radiallahu anhu and Ali radiallahu anhu began to cry so profusely that they were not even able to utter or speak. 
you had the gardener of Medina, the in individual who was, uh, he, his task was to keep the orchards in, 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 in good condition. His situation was such that he turned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he said that, Oh Allah, you gave me these ears so that I could hear your prophet. You gave me these eyes so that I could see your prophet. Your prophet is no longer here. Oh Allah, remove these assets from me. The situation was such in Medina that you had Bilal radiallahu anhu that after the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam had passed away, he still had to give adhan for salah. And when he would give adhan for salah, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam would usually emerge from his house. Upon this occasion, when Bilal radiallahu anhu is given the adhan and he recites the, the terms and he recites the words, Ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulallah. And this was the point at which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam would exit his house when he saw that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam is no longer coming for salah. Bilal radiallahu anhu begins to cry profusely. He cannot, he cannot keep his tears within himself. And he cries and he cries and he cries to the extent for three days afterwards, every time he would come to Ashadu Anna Muhammad Rasulullah, he would cry profusely. And those who were with him would cry as well. Because for Bilal radiallahu anhu, there was a special connection with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That Bilal was an individual who in society was the lowest of lows from the people of Mecca. He was beaten. He was tortured and we discussed this situation previously. However, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala gave him Izzah to the extent that he was the Mu'addin of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And now the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had left this world. He was no longer in a fit state to be in Medina. He says to Abu Bakr that I cannot stay here anymore. Let me leave Medina. And he leaves Medina and he goes to Damascus. However, after many, many years, what happens is that he sees the Prophet ﷺ in a dream. And he says that, what is the matter, O Bilal? You do not come to visit me. And as soon as he hears this in his dream and he sees this, he returns to Medina and he goes to present his salat and salam. He sees the grandchildren of the Prophet ﷺ. And the grandchildren of the Prophet ﷺ say to Bilal, O Bilal, we ask you and we request from you that you perform the adhan. And Bilal radiallahu anhu felt obliged that these are the grandchildren of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I must. And as a result, he stands and he gives the adhan. And his adhan was such on that day that the entirety of Medina began to erupted with tears because they were all remembering the days which they had shared with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. My friends, these were individuals who had true, true love for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I will conclude this discussion that we have been having with one final uh, uh, of, uh, hadith that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam had mentioned to Abu Dhar radiallahu anhu. Abu Dhar came to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he said that, oh, the, oh messenger of Allah, what do you say of a person who loves a particular group of people, but he is not sure that he can match them in terms of their good deeds and their piety. He was talking about himself, that he sees the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he sees Abu Bakr, he sees Umar radiallahu anhumah, he sees these great, great sahaba and he's afraid that perhaps he cannot match them in terms of their piety. The Prophet says that, Oh Abu Dhar, that you are with those individuals on the day of Qiyamah whom you love. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum would say that no statement made us more happy than this statement of the Prophet sallallahu that you will be with those whom you love. And they say because we love Abu Bakr and we love Umar and we love the Prophet sallallahu and because of this love that we have for them, 
we hope to be with them on the day of Qiyamah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with this love of Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May he inculcate within ourselves the akhlaq of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May he give us an even an atom's weight of what the Sahaba radiallahu anhum had for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us for our sins. Wa akhru da'wana. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, Nahmaduhu, and Estarinuhu, and Estafiruhu, and Arubilahi Ta'ala, and Shururi, and Fusina, and Sayyati Amalina. May Yahdihilahu Fala Mudilla, who may you live Fala Hadiella. When I shadu Allah, Ilaha, and Allah, who are the Hula Sharikala. When I shadu Anna Muhammad and Abdu, who are Sulu, Salahu Ta'ala, Alihi, or Allah, Alihi, or Sabihi, or Barak, or Salamat Sleeman Kathir and Kathir on Mabad. For God called Allah to Barak or Ta'ala, in Allah, who are Malaika to whom you Saluna Alan Nebi. Yea, you had the Dinamun or Salu Alihi or Salim. وتسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اللهم ارض عن الخلفاء الراشدين الأربع أبي بكر وعمر وعثمان وعلي وعن ستة من العشرة وعن أهل بدر وعن أصحاب الشجرة وعن السابقين الأولين من المهاجرين والأنصار وعن أمهات المؤمنين رضي الله تعالى عنهم أجمعين اللهم اغفر لنا وللمؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وألف بين قلوبهم وأصلح ذات بينهم وانصرهم على عدوك وعدوهم اللهم اغفر لأمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم استر أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم احفظ أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم تجاوز عن أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم ارحم أمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم عز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين في كل مكان اللهم أصلح أحوال المسلمين في كل مكان اللهم أنجل مستضعفين من المؤمنين في كل مكان اللهم كن لهم عونا ونصيرا اللهم كن لهم عونا ونصيرا اللهم بدل خوفهم أمنا وأخرجهم من الظلمات إلى النور يا أرحم الراحمين عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيدكم لعلكم تذكرون أذكروا الله يذكركم ودعوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله تعالى أكبر الله يعلم ما تصنعون أقيموا الصلاه <تصفيق>